AB InBev closes out on craft. Workers unite to bring back Anchor. Draft beer's dying, and what's that do for beer culture? This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. Your go-to spot for the latest in craft beer news. Top story, a story that happened like two months ago. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. And we weren't coming back again for Budweiser. <laughs> we, uh, so, so uh, we'll... This we'll, podcast started because of them. We were taking our break, even <laughs> despite them. Uh, that's, so, uh, um, Oh my god, I have heartburn just smelling this. <laughs> I guess I think we're punishing ourselves to begin with before we get into the the, the proper beer because oh. all right. <laughs> so I guess I, I guess something is so here's what's happening right now all right so obviously we're talking about the AB InBev uh, dumping of a lot of craft brands you probably already heard about it we're gonna get to that in a second uh, they, what what had happened was Tyler uh, sent me a text about a week after it happened. Mm-hmm. And he's and Tyler said, "Hey, should we come back from this now? You, if you pay attention to this podcast, and if you don't, um, well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, if you pay this t- is a rough one to start on. It really is. <laughs> uh, but if you pay attention, then you'll know that we did a special episode uh, in the middle of the summer to uh, cover the fact that Anchor was no longer a thing. And he said, "Do we do we come back to do fucking AB InBev? And I said, "Yeah, I guess we can." Um, and, and then you said, okay, I'll let you know what days work for me. And then you never texted me back. And then I never, I never asked. I think we both, I think we both just agreed individually. (laughs) (laughs) Like in that weird way, a married couple can finish each other's sentences. We both just agreed on our, on our respective side. Fuck it. I want, I don't, I, I got too much shit going on. I got a, I got a whole, we got like a month and a half before we, before we, so, uh, so anyway, um, so that's that. What we've cracked open to celebrate our, again, sent Jeremy a text on this. Um, so I was, I was pouring through the beer lists as I am wont to do to figure out what I'm going to order for the shop. And I came across this on the Oscar Blues list, The Beast Unleashed. Um, uh, uh, I asked my I asked my rep what the hell it was. He goes, oh, well, that's actually from Monster. It is their... It's not a hard energy drink. Because they, thanks for Loco. It is, but it's what would happen if Monster, instead of being an energy drink, was... Alcoholic. Alcoholic. Um, I, uh, you ended up with one that you selfishly drank before this. I tried it with the coworkers cause we had to see how terrible it was. And oh my God. It tastes, uh, one thing I will give them, it oh. tastes just like monster. It tastes, well, and here's the problem about with monster for me. So the people who drink it are usually trash. Okay. I have two problems with monster. <laughs> um, also if I ever found myself drinking monster, it's because I have made some terrible decisions in the previous few hours, and I just need something to keep... De- and you can't afford cocaine. <laughs> well, yes, at any given time. So, this tastes like... You know what this tastes like to me? This tastes like uh, uh, waking up with a with the imprint of a couch cushion still on my face. And punching a hole in drywall? No. <laughs> But obviously, you have some issues to work out too. No, uh, that's the joke. Is it's Kyle's who drink okay. monsters, and they just punch a hole in the drywall. No, it tastes like I'm just woken up, deadly hungover, 
and I have to go to work. It's so sugary. And so I need to slam this because it's the only thing in my fridge because I live with a Kyle. And so I just need to slam this in order to jumpstart my being well enough to get through this day so I can get on the other side and die a respectable death. That's <laughs> that's what this tastes like to me. And citrus. It tells so there's citrus. And you didn't feel like stopping by the nearest trailer park to buy some meth. <laughs> Again. Uh, so sugary. Oh my god, that is just awful. <laughs> um, thank you, Dan, for bringing me that sample. And fuck you. <laughs> Because I never had it, uh, would you rather drink another one of these or another one of the Stone Jägermeister collaboration? The Stone Jägermeister collaboration in a heartbeat. I would drink... That one was just confusing and wrong. This is just... An abomination to all that is holy <laughs> and unholy. Uh, which seems like a great segue. We also have... We, we're also going to get into um, a, a little collection of Oktoberfests. I that see I, that. I uh, was disappointed you didn't bring any fresh hop beers. Uh, I feel like we we got time for that because the fresh hop beers are just beginning. Uh, I mean, they're I mean they're out. They're definitely out. We're at the tail end of Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest is happening right now, and then we're gonna talk about that. I had a friend who was in Munich last weekend at Oktoberfest. Excellent. So, but I feel like we still have some time to get into the fresh hops. I wanted to get into the Oktoberfest before they are gone completely. Why'd we do a whole can of this? To punish ourselves. That pause you heard was me slamming what was left in my glass and then tr- slamming back the vomit and bile. That <laughs> There's still more in your glass. I, I'm aware of that. We're Let's get through the power through, power through. God, that tastes like what it, oh, you pour that in my glass. I swear to I swear to the old gods in the new I will end you. <laughs> oh, that's foul. Ah. Uh, this has been it's all beer, brought to you by Monsters the Beast Unleashed. <laughs> the fucking aborted what? child of Coca-Cola, Oscar Blues and Monster. What what would happen if 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 you needed to drink a frat boy? Dead. Now. <laughs> That's... I don't even know any fraternity guys that would drink that. <laughs> that is... Come on. That is something you would ice somebody. That's that's not much better than Smirnoff Ice. Ice is classier because it's always been a game. You can't be like, huh, You found the beast. <laughs> you can. <laughs> then it would turn slightly homoerotic. Someone would shove it in their pants and be like, huh, Found the beast. <laughs> Again, I'm failing to see why that doesn't conform to frat boy culture. You just don't understand. I don't understand it. (laughs) And speaking of completely idiotic, uh, hey, let's talk about AB InBev. (laughs) That's what you call a a segue. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, we didn't come back because even even Dave Infante pointed out that summer is a slow season for beer news because... Beer writers, and I'm quoting Dave Infante from a, a Vine Pair article, uh, like everyone else in this country, would much rather be drinking beers on a boat than working. Um, so, yeah. But there was a metric ass load of news, so we're going to catch up a little bit on it. Um, uh, 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 August 7th, Tilray announced that it would be buying Shock Top, Blue Point, Breckenridge, 10 Barrel, 
Red Hook, Widmere, and Square Mile. And this seems like a good time as any to open up the... I got a, I got a Widmere Oktoberfest. Uh, I gotta fucking chug this. You don't have to. You can sit there and savor it for everything it's worth, buddy. Ugh. I know you would hate to miss that. Ugh. <laughs> T- tell me how you're, how you're feeling about yourself right this second. I've made the wrong friends. <laughs> um, uh, they bought all they bought all those for the bargain basement price of eighty five million, which may seem like a lot of money to us plebs, but just to reference, all told, these brands are estimated to have cost AB uh, seven hundred and thirty million dollars in acquisitions, improvements, marketing, etc., to get them where they are today, or to to leave them in the dirt where they are today. Also, don't forget Breckenridge Brewing. Yeah, Breckenridge on the list. Blue Point Brewing. I, had, I, I said that. I didn't hear Blue Point or Breckenridge. Did you also get Highball Energy? I did not get Highball Energy. That was the that was that was like a discontinued brand that they. But I, but but as the Vine Pair article points out, if you, when you add that one in, you're talking about. Ten million. You're, you're talking about less than ten million dollars per brand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I want to put one thing to bed right now uh, because the hate farmers have been out in force. Um, uh, this was not due to the boycott on Bud Light. Uh, they they've been out in force in a display of what they do best, namely jerking themselves off into the hungry mouths of their gullible audience, who are then begging for more. And uh, telling them that it's snowing. Yes. Uh, the claim has been circling around that the Bud Light boycott has so hurt AB InBev that they were basically forced to sell all these brands to stay afloat. Or some approximation of that. Uh, I, I read a few of these. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say right now that they are not in touch with reality. Uh, and here's why. It's bullshit. Uh, this year has basically been a story about uh, how... Myself and everyone else did not anticipate the full extent of the backlash to what has been termed the event by Budweiser sales reps. Um, it was huge. I will grant that. But AB InBev is huger. Here's what the hate farmers do not fundamentally understand. You can do this at home, too, if you, if you are at home. All right. Go get a globe or a world map or something that shows the whole planet. Okay. You got that? All right, now find the United States. Found it? Cool. It's pretty big, right? All right. Now, look at all the places that are not that. Those are other countries. And while you might not care whether those places exist, AB InBev does. And it sells beer basically to all those places. Um, AB InBev managed to beat analysts' forecasts for their second quarter earnings based mostly on the growth in the Chinese, Brazilian, and Mexican markets. One out of every four beers on this planet is sold by AB InBev, but your boycott is adorable. Uh, I would say this should open the door for discussions about how companies should that operate on this scale, by definition, make them unaccountable to consumers that actually means lower quality products for more money, and it should result and as a result should behoove all of us to demand that our leaders, the leaders of our nations, should work to influence such entities by all means, uh, in the means of antitrust legislation, corporate taxation. I've already lost all of you, haven't I? Okay, I get it. Trans people, bad. I get it. Go forth, you fucking hate farmers. <clears throat> <laughs> this has been socioeconomics with <laughs> with its all beer. Um, <clears throat> little preachy, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> My point is, 
the Bud Light boycott had, at best, very little influence on the decision, and I would argue none at all. $83 million is spare change to AB InBev. If they were forced into this decision, it would be to, akin to a person facing bankruptcy selling their car for 100 bucks to try to get out of debt. You really, if, if, if you, even if a really desperate person needed that money, you could get more for it. And they would also be selling as well Elysian, Golden Road, uh, you know, Wicked Weed, I think. Kona. You know, the Kona. brands that make money. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, and that's the whole point. These are brands that they don't care about anymore if they ever did. Uh, now, of course, Andy Thomas, the president of the high end, uh, the ABM Bev offshoot that basically is the a craft beer wing of, uh, of the company, put out a statement shortly after the, uh, uh, the sale was announced uh, saying that, quote, winning in craft remains a key pillar of our strategy to lead and develop the premium segment. We remain committed to the amazing craft brewery partners in our portfolio and focus on working with them to lead growth in the segment, which is bullshit. Uh, if, you are, if you are a sports team uh, uh, and you claim to be committed to winning the uh, uh, to winning the championship of your choice. I don't know how it works in sports, but um, uh, uh, you don't sell off half your players, even the bad ones. Uh, <laughs> if you get rid of the underperforming ones, yeah, you get out there the... is such a thing in sports as addition through subtraction. Yeah, but there gets to be a point where you are, you're just... I mean, even... AB did also basically keep a... Craft player per region. Yes. So you had your Elysian, which I was surprised when I saw 10 barrel, but then when I looked at it this way, I was like, okay, you're not going to have Elysian and then 10 barrel. So they had to pick, I'm assuming, the underperformer of the two. That is, seems to be the strongest of the bunch. To yeah. Me, from my perspective. I and then Golden Road, Goose Island, and I want to say they still have someone in the southeast. Because uh, do don't they own Wicked Weed? They yeah, they own Wicked Weed yet. I think. I think so. Or some or someone similar to that. Um, but I but then that, I, I was going to get into that because when you look at what got sold, you do have an interesting mix. You have Shock Top and Blue Point. These were AB InBev created brands meant to compete with craft and craft adjacent staples, namely Blue Moon and Sam Adams Boston Lager. But. Shock Top never gained the relevancy outside of maybe the first couple of years, and then I still one of my favorite one of my favorite stories about Shock Top. Um, I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and this would have been circa two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. Craft beer had not taken off quite there quite yet, and I and I was aware of this. I had checked in my hotel, went to like the nearest gas station, was looking at their beer selection. And uh, a and the 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 uh, clerk there kind of came up behind me and said, "Hey, can I help you find anything?" Because I think he saw the look of desperation on my face. Said, "Bend over, I'll show you." <laughs> and I said, and I kind of said, "This is probably a dumb question, given where I am." But do you have do you have uh, uh, any like microbrews whatsoever? He goes, "We got a whole microbrew section." I go, "You do? All right, where is it?" And he showed me over to this cardboard display of Shock Top. And it's hard for me to communicate how proud of himself he was. Like, he, <laughs> he, he, like, he brought me over there and was like, 
Ta-da! <laughs> and, and I didn't have the heart to tell him how, how sad it was. So you bought a six-pack? It was the best beer they had there, too. So <laughs> I did. I'm like, oh, great. Just what I was looking for. <laughs> so, but you're right. It, it, it never really... If if you remember shock, if you had shock top, it's kind of it's, and it was always the little brother to Blue Moon. It was always like, do you have Blue Moon? We have shock top. Oh, I guess I'll take that. It's you know, well, too course light. Yeah, um, you got a couple of brands that were emerging powerhouses when AB bought them back in 2015 that have since hit a wall. Um, yeah, um, you know, uh, uh, and. and there, I think you got ten barrel. You've got to a certain extent, like you got like twin, uh, not uh, Breckenridge, mm-hmm. um, and then you you got a couple that used to be great. You got the leftovers of the CBA that they didn't want to buy, but they had to buy so they could get Kona, Widmere, Red Hook. I'm looking at you. Yeah, that was <laughs> there was a couple on there that but were then like they refused to buy, tank the stock price, paid the fine. And then bought it for way cheaper and still made a shitload of money off it. You them. love that story. I think oh, you, dude, I that think, is my favorite story. I think you get a little hard whenever you think about that. Just, <laughs> just a fucking genius move. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, 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 satisfying end to this, uh, for me anyway, is that in hindsight, um, their, the corporate foray into craft beer was sort of doomed to fail. I, but this is in hindsight. We didn't know at the time. Um, Wait, did they sell this for more or for less money than Constellation offloaded? I don't know because I want to say. Billion, I mean, so uh, so uh, so the the Constellation was a billion for Ballast Point, right? But then I think they sold it for a hundred million. For a hundred million, so that's so that's ten percent of the ten percent. Um, and by the way, um, we talk about the seven hundred million. Uh, with AB InBev, you're talking about also um, all the you're talking about the improvements. You're talking about the marketing. You're talking about all the money they poured into these. Yeah, brands. but those are sunk cost, especially since they've had so that, many of these brands for such a long time. That, but that's my point: is that that Ballast Point was the sale price. I'm not sure if anyone's gone through and calculated the sale price for these. Just the sale price, not any of the any of the other yeah. things. But even if we like take this, if we take the seven hundred, uh, like seven hundred eighty. Seven hundred eighty million versus uh, versus eighty. Again, you're actually at about ten percent. You're roughly at ten percent of what you bought it for. Yeah, about a hundred million was the sale. So, but I but also you're you're factoring a lot of other things in the A B sale that you're not factoring in a ballast point. So I think ballast point still re- remains the biggest full on loss. Oh, without cause... without going through the going going through the books heavily. Um. Uh, but anyway, I, I I think you know 2015. Um, myself uh, and all the other hopheads, as AB and Bev referred to us in corporate documents, we found out later, uh, were gr- ready to grab the torches and pitchforks when we heard tales of like Goose Island, and then that then the string of 2015 where you had Breckenridge, Twin Peaks, Golden Road, Twin Elise, Peaks, or Twin Peaks, not Twin Peaks, Four, Four Peaks. Peaks, something about Peaks, right? My my mind's somewhere else. Um, Elysian, mm-hmm. um, Ten Barrel, 
Uh, I think we were, we were. I ain't going to Goose Island, then Ten Barrel. Well, I'm, I'm way out of order, but they all kind of happened in in a, in a rough string. Um, I, I thought, I I thought, and then I wasn't alone that that if we weren't careful, A, B, and Bev would waltz in, throw their money around, around muscle out any small breweries, and basically take over the market alone. Looking at it now. That was wrong for the same reason that it's uh, uh, that a cruise ship is never able going to win a uh, uh, win a win in a race with a bunch of sprint boats. Uh, it's just not built for that. AB and Bev is good at mass producing and mass marketing beer, and that just simply isn't what craft beer is about, mm-hmm. uh, especially now. When and also, I will say, out of all the major corporations that bought smaller breweries, AB wasn't that bad. They let, they like they let the people keep doing what they were doing. Yeah, you know, at, at, the, at the brew pubs, you still got a sense of what they were. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you go into a ten barrel. Uh, they still had like cool stuff on draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go into you go into Goose Island down in, in Chicago. They still had cool experimental stuff mm-hmm. on stuff on draft. You go to uh, Breckenridge. You, you go to the brewery. There's still this. They still had like mm-hmm. a sense. Of themselves, I think where 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 it's kind of lost in a larger market was you go is is when you go to a grocery store, it's you got Goose Island IPA, you've got Breckenridge's Vanilla Porter, you've got you know Ten Barrels, whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were down a cucumber crush at one point in time. Um, yeah, but, but they were making a comeback too with the Nature Calls IPA. Temporal, I feel, was trending up, and especially with their, like, RTD portion, that's why I was really surprised when they got rid of Temporal. I think Temporal, like I said, Temporal strikes me, and maybe that's because we're closest to Temporal, Mm -hmm. and so we got to see, it was easier for for what they were doing to come into this market. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wonder if we were closer to, say, uh, Breckenridge, if you would see more of what they were doing, uh, because sure. you're just because you're uh, uh, you're closer, but I, I I don't think you're wrong. I, I, I at least from my perspective, Ten Barrel was probably the strongest of those brands. Oh yeah, but it's hard. But it's also hard to tell without a, a greater a greater view of the market. Um, but uh, that was. It, it, I think we're also seeing like the last vestige of like the height of craft beer because that that great big that great big uh, uh, shopping spree in 2015 that was the height. We're no longer there. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but the party's winding down. It's it's 3 a.m. All the good booze is long since gone. The cool kids have paired up and left the party. Now it's time for us hardcore drinkers to mix some rot and vodka and some Kool Aid and draw a penis on the face of the those who are passed out on the floor. Remember, kids, take your shoes off. That's the rule. I don't know if that's still the rule. Is that still the rule? I, I, at least also, when I was there. B- by, was. by the way, you're old now, too. So Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> at least when I was back in that day, it was. And then you'd have the some degenerate fucks that'd be like, let's put their shoes back on so we can draw on their face. I'm like, that's just fucked up. Like, <laughs> they took their shoes off. Like, we got to respect the play. Which brings me to the final bit of this story. Craft beer is much like you and I are is in is in the middle age. 
And dis- but despite two I ain't a middle ages motherfucker. Getting close, buddy. Getting close. You can see it from where you're standing. <laughs> despite Tilray's assertion that craft yeah, beer. Yeah, your ball's deep though. <laughs> and it's not not as bad as you think. It's very comfortable, like the like New Balance shoes that you will be issued when you hit middle age. <laughs> uh, despite Tilray's assertion that craft beer uh, is cool, it's not anymore. Not like it was, at least. Um, now craft beer puts in a day's work, has a beer, goes home to watch a little television before going to sleep. Hardly cool, but I want to talk about Tilray because at first it surprised me, but in retrospect, it really shouldn't have. Tilray, either through design or sheer dumb circumstances, found itself gradually wading into the waters of the craft beer beverage industry. Um, Starting with Sweetwater, then with Green Flash Alpine, uh, Breckenridge Distillery, Red Truck Brewing, and then Montuck Brewing. now, uh, if you're not, if you, if you weren't familiar with them or are not, Tilray is the largest producer of recreational cannabis in the world, and it was betting big on the legalization in the United States and the EU. Um, at the time, not a bad bet. Uh, I I think it was a long shot for sure, but if legalization had swept the land, um, being the forefront like Tilray was would have been winning the jackpot. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed. Hasn't happen. quite happened. Not quite. So, um, a lot of analysts are looking this, looking at this as a company trying to diversify, which is the right answer. Uh, it, but it seems like a strange time, or a strange industry rather, a strange time and industry to diversify into. Or at least it would be if you're not Tilray. Ever since the Sweetwater acquisition, I've been keeping up with this company. Uh, at first, just to try to understand who it was that now owns Sweetwater. But later is a kind of strange fascination. They've got a techno broy burnout feel to them. Like your friend who's still insisting that crypto is going to change the world, um, smashing the bank monopoly and ushering in world peace, uh, um, but has since lost his shirt like three times. He's sitting on your couch going, bro, bro, bro. Don't worry. I'm holding and buying more. When it goes back up, I'm buying you a Dude, house. I've got like I've got like a hundred monkey jizz crypto, man. It's gonna it's gonna come back. <laughs> but the thing is, like, you let him crash on your couch because he's hit it big twice before and then lost it. Also, you're like, okay, if he hits it big again, I cash out. I stop being friends with him. <laughs> and it was worth the two months he's on my couch. Betting big on those long shots, even you know whether or not they've worked out or worked out very briefly. Um, uh, is uh, is is kind of what Tilray does. So when you look at the latest development through those eyes, then it sort of becomes an obvious deal because first of all, you get let's let's not let's not forget um, that uh, up until about like two years ago, Tilray and AB InBev were working together to make THC infused beverages. Um, now they have their own production facilities. And brick and mortar outlets plus distribution footprint. Well, and well, it's not even that. But the, my my point was that they had a previous relationship with AB InBev, mm-hmm. and so then all of a sudden, you know, their their forays into craft beer, and then AB InBev maybe looking for a buyer. All of a sudden, this 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 connection doesn't seem as far fetched as you as you may at first seem. Um, by the way, uh, again, they, uh, uh, Tilray wants to make it clear that they were in, they are not now, nor are they at any point looking to make THC 
THC-infused alcoholic beverages. Uh, Which are illegal. Well, they're not... They're, I mean, You can have THC-infused beverages, but they can't contain alcohol. You can have CBD alcoholic drinks, but not THC. I mean, strictly speaking, when you're talking about uh, talking federally, you can't have THC end of story. Now, you know, individual states mm-hmm. um, uh, have legalized THC uh, technically against federal law. And one of those states could then say, oh, THC and alcohol are fine together. But I don't think, I don't think Tilray wants to, to, wants to go into that particular swamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's, there's not much to gain, uh, uh, a whole lot to lose. Just look at Fort Locos as we were talking about earlier. Um, RIP Fort Locos, RIP. <laughs> uh, um, no, what their plan is, is to make craft beer great again. Uh, the Motley Fool reprinted a call to investors, uh, and Aaron Simon said of their new acquisitions, um, quote, and I know as I sit here and listen to a lot of the questions coming in in regards to the cannabis world, uh, but boy, are we doing some great things within the craft beer business. Uh, we will change that industry. Craft beer is cool and it will become cooler. And some of the stuff we're doing at Sweetwater and Montuck, some of the stuff we've done so far in regards to Breckenridge and our bourbons and some of the winnings that we've just had being number one is just tremendous. Uh, we're dealing with someone who doesn't know how to speak. And our brands today resonate with Gen Z, Gen X, Millennials, etc. I don't know who the etc. is. Uh, everybody else who's not those three. Baby boomers. With that, we have tremendous opportunities out there. Over the next couple of years, we've done some great accretive acquisitions and will con- and continuously look at the acquisition world. So what does that f- now? What does that f- actually mean? I guess they, they tend to buy more shit. Um. But I th- feel like AB InBev already tried, and that worked out great. So I mean, they're already Tilray's already at five percent of the craft beer segment. Um, and after that, we were we're basically we, we, you know after that, the call basically went back to them talking about legalizing cannabis. They're still they still got a bunch of chips sitting on that. Come on, legalize this shit, baby. We'll be there. Um, but the thing is, is that Tilray. Is not a well-run company. Uh, they're um, anyone who invests this heavily in craft beer. I don't think is. They're just. It, it, uh, they're uh, they're they they don't have a lot of cash standing by. Their CEO is one of the most overpaid uh, CEOs, according to um, uh, according to Forbes, which is not great. Um. The question is, can I mean, they also just acquired a whole bunch of brands that are, in the views of the public, I think very meh. Can Tilray turn it around? I I can't say I'm hopeful. Um, They're still very new to the beverage industry, all things considered. I think it's too early to tell whether this is help or hurt Sweetwater. Um, Unfortunately, without being deep into how the, the organization is run, you really don't know until it collapses. And then... All the dirty laundry comes flying out. Just look at what came out with Anchor. Yeah. Um, I will say this. If conventional wisdom holds, then these brands are fucked. Um, so is Tilray. But if conventional wisdom held, we aren't talking about what's what we're talking about right now. Um, I think the craft beer industry, and this year in particular, has been a case study in weird shit happening. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm definitely not the source for investing advice outside what is generally accepted as the best investment advice out there, which is take all the money you can and put it in an index fund. It's just that's where you're going to make money. Yeah. But if you want to play Tilray the home game and park a bunch of shit on one square and just hope for the best, I think you could do worse than Tilray right now. Uh, maybe not now. It just came down from a peak of 3.3. <laughs> Up from 1.6. If you bought Tilray right before the acquisition, you doubled your money. <laughs> and you cashed the fuck out and you walked. But but if you've got a few hundred dollars and you can afford to lose it all, um, uh, it, may, you know, it, it might not be a bad thing. And if, if you need more proof on this, um, I have this. Jim Cramer came out this week uh, 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 on his show, which is basically what would happen if you put your flop sweat boss in a clown outfit. Um, uh, he came out to decry how Tilray is burning to the ground, and it's just too serious, too dangerous for a serious investor. For the record, I don't think Jim Cramer is real. Um, <laughs> I think he's a massive. I trust Wall Street bets more than I trust Jim Cramer. I think he is a massive collective corporate hallucination projected onto us to keep us from realizing the whole game is rigged, we are fucked, and we ought to burn the shit down and hoist billionaires on top of the pyre like Satan's sucking whores that they are. And when... <laughs> Again, a little extreme. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and then when the ashes have cooled, uh, rebuild an actual functional society. Hashtag death the billionaires. Um, but... Now, this may sound like a space crazy conspiracy theory, but honestly, it makes as much sense as a guy who's getting paid an obscene amount of money to be constantly wrong all the time. Um, there's a piece of I've, there is a piece of advice uh, out there that says whatever Jim Cramer does, do the opposite. I think there's actually an index. There fund. is an index fund. Yeah. I actually checked into it. It's down one percent. Damn. But it's breaking even. <laughs> so if he says it's too dangerous, get the fuck in. But don't get greedy, because when he turns around and forgets what he just said and said and praises Tilray for being visionaries in their field, get your fucking money because it's about to crash harder than a drunken uh, than a drunken Dale Earnhardt cars cosplayer. What? Too soon? I was gonna say David Bowie. Okay. <laughs> or was it? No, Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Okay. Piano man. Okay. <laughs> I was like, no, no, it wasn't David Bowie. Uh. <laughs> Oh, uh, let's take a. What, what did you think about? The, we were drinking the uh, uh, the Widmere Brothers. Mar, it's a Martin, apparently. It tastes like a Widmere Brothers Oktoberfest. Have you had it before? I've not no. seen it before. I had not. Um, I just. I mean, I'm with you. It's like it's good. It's caramely. It's Martiny. Wasn't offensive, but. I'll probably so, forget about it by the time I get home. So we just cracked open uh, the Warfield um, Craigsfield. Uh, this is a this is a local brew, or at least it's an Idaho brew uh, from Ketchum, Idaho. Um, just to just, just to have some Idaho representation in 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 this little this little mini flight that we're doing. Uh, thoughts on this one? Uh. So off the top of my head. Flavor profile is similar. It's yeah. caramely. Got a little bit more bitterness. Yeah. It's got a little bit more to it. Yeah. I was going to say, a little more memorable than it's got a, the it's, Widmere. It's but. got a husky finish that I'm not a huge fan of. I will say, like, uh, my first impressions, the the Warfield has a little bit more. But when I think German beers, I think drinkability. And drinkability should, when I'm, when I'm thinking German beers, should be, like, king of everything else. 
And the Widmere is more drinkable. I could I could polish off a liter of the Widmere a lot easier than I could polish off a liter of the Warfield. It's a it's got a harshness to it that I even feel it. I even kind of feel it when I uh, uh, when I take a big drink. I can see that. That so that's that's the only thing that's about this one that I'm like uh, I slightly prefer the Widmere. I don't know if I'd pick the Widmere. It just I mean flavor. It it seemed lackluster at best. It kind of it reminds is, me of when we popped open that bottle of the Widmere bourbon. Yeah. I mean that was also like. Six years old at the time. It was the most flat, like, tasteless thing I've ever fucking had. Uh, But, I think I'm going to wait to voice my opinion till door number three. Okay. Uh, Um, uh, Quick anchor update now as we're we're catching up on some of the shit we uh, uh, missed during the summer. Um, we more or less laid Anchor down to rest uh, this summer. It was it was a story we came back to do, uh, as we mentioned. Um, but there have been some efforts to, rec- to resurrect it. Um, none that I feel felt then nor now are especially likely. No. But one of those efforts did clear an interesting landmark this week. Um, I'm still skeptical. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it is a valiant effort. I feel like it's worth mentioning. Um, the six-year-old workers' union is not ready to let go of the brewery, and so they put out a GoFundMe in order to raise money to buy buy it from Sapporo. Um, this comes from courts by Anya uh, Bacharia. I think is how you pronounce her name. Um, their goal was $50,000, and they exceeded that within a matter of hours. Um, as of this taping, I think I just pulled it up, they are just shy of a hundred grand. Um, but you know, you'll notice that we got a, we, we, I put us, I, I put us up on the board there for us. Uh, oh, I would have voted against that. <laughs> I'm ready. Just let them die. I, I, I'm ready for them just to be a fond memory. Let's move on. I felt they were worth, I, well, me personally, I'm like, I'll throw 20 bucks at the, at the effort. Uh, just, there's, there is a part of me that's like, I would like to see it live on, especially as especially owned by the workers. That seems like a a fitting place for it to end up. I don't think it'll ever be the the nas- national uh, uh, brand that it once was. But so as far as I can still find, there is still one anchor tap room open. Is that is that right? Where the San Francisco Giants Stadium? Is it open? I thought I don't know baseball season. Is it? I, um, baseball... I mean, baseball season's rapidly wrapping up, but. They bought enough kegs, pending that there wasn't a overwhelming demand that it to get them through the rest of the season. Um, so they're so they're they're just shy of a, a hundred grand. The the bad news is is that even a hundred grand is not even a down payment on a property that's probably worth billions. Oh, I'm like the hundred grand probably won't even buy the fucking equipment. Um, according to an article in the uh, SFist, uh, Sapporo doesn't seem all that impressed or eager to even sell to the workers' co-op. Uh, the workers put out an intent to buy on July 19th, a week after uh, the news of Anchor's closing went public. And in fact, I think we mentioned it. 
Um, the employees were hoping that Sapporo would keep the brewery open another month to give them time to make an offer, but Sapporo essentially said, yeah, we're out of time and money. We're going to go ahead with the bankruptcy. And as, as of now, it seems likely that Anchor has already been transferred to an assignee for the benefit of creditors, whose job it is to sell what they can and try to get as much money for the people who are owed money. And they're not going to take 100 grand for it. And uh, they can get more than 100 grand. The particulars of which aren't clear yet. Uh, we don't know where they are in the process, but this whole thing seems like a, a Hail Mary pass in the last seconds uh, before uh, before the buzzer. See, there's two sports metaphors just for you there, Tyler. For, from me to you. Um, <laughs> can the workers raise enough money, however much that is? We don't even know. The, the, no one seems to know how much you even have to hit. Oh, um, it, it, but it ain't 50 grand. It ain't 100 grand. Uh, the fucking thing is, AB just offloaded how many breweries for... 83, 80. mi- 83 million. So and that let, was dirt- let's call it 10 mil a brewery. You at least have to hit that mark. And um, that's assuming that Sapporo's still your landlord and keeps the building. Again, it feels like a long shot, but dumber things have happened and recently. You, ha- you have to admit that. <laughs> um, and frankly... I mean, we did have a Cheeto as president. Uh, again, Anchor being employee-owned and operated seemed like the best-case scenario. So, yes, I went ahead and threw I I, 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 I threw some tip money their way. If uh, am I hopeful that it's that it's a uh, 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 do I think it's actually going to resurrect the brewery? No, but maybe it'll go to help the uh, uh, the the displaced workers for now. So, what happens if this doesn't doesn't work? I don't know. That's actually what prevented me from uh, putting more in. Yeah, like who gets that twenty bucks? I don't know. Does GoFundMe just be like <laughs> suckers? No, it's gonna go to so the 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 the, the Anchor SF co- Cooperative is the is the entity putting it on, and so they'll get the money regardless if I understand uh, how this works. Um, minus I, GoFundMe's fees, which minus GoFundMe's fees, yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta pay uh, 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 the, those uh, vultures, but um, but the but uh, they're gonna get the money. They 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 haven't mentioned on their GoFundMe what what they're gonna do with the money if they don't uh if they don't get the brewery which makes sense I mean why would you plan for failure? But I mean let's be it honest. Is, but it's the but but it's they're basically trying to walk into a casino and going we're betting on double zero on roulette. <laughs> Come on baby, fuck what are we gonna do if we lose this bet? Not a whole lot of planning, so I mean that's that is what prevented me from putting any more in. But I was like twenty bucks. I'll throw twenty bucks into this just to, just to because the 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 bar tab I probably would have racked up, or at least half the bar tab I would have racked up if I ever went there. <laughs> Fuck, that's like one round, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm old now. I don't I, I don't drink as much. Tyler, what do you got for us? Well, the demise of draft beer. Uh, this is an article from Good Beer Hunting by Kate Bernat, um, talking about how draft beer's been declining and its declines accelerated, and how there's almost been a cultural shift in craft beer to drink at home. Um, which, I mean, at least in the Treasure Valley, I know where we're at, the... I think part of the reason we, the Valley here prefers drinking at home is due to some of the religious aspect, but it's crazy. 
wait, 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 wait. Are you suggesting that the Mormons are 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 are, are not going out to the bars because they'll be seen? So the Mormons are discreetly like picking up six packs and chugging them at home. Yeah. How how big of a, a market do you think that how many Jack mar- Mormons are probably pretty big? Uh, I mean, like. Give me like a dollar amount or a barrel amount. How much I, do you think? I, I, I have no idea, but it's also built in that culture. Also, with the Mormon legislators m- making it harder to pass certain alcohol laws okay. because they automatically vote against it. Those alcohol laws are usually going to favor on-premise. Premise. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, when we talk to Andrew Dill and, I mean, most... If you talk to any distributor, eighty percent of sixty to eighty percent of their revenue comes from off prem. Mm-hmm. So your grocery stores, convenience stores, and then hearing him say, "Oh no, when I worked for the distributor over in Maryland, it was eighty percent came from on prem bars, restaurants." That was wild hearing to me, and, I'm, and then the more I thought about it, I'm like, "Yeah, you know, it's Boise has." A very good and up and coming culture of bars, but it doesn't have a good bar drinking culture. I mean, I was gonna say uh, he he also lived uh, lives uh, uh, near Washington D.C. We've got a, a more of an urban area out here. We've got the suburbs where people have like put barbed wire around their million dollar yeah. But I mean, and... you go to Butte, Montana. Spokane, Washington. But- but- okay, Butte, Montana is an interesting place. If you, and if you it's can- a fun fucking town. Favorite, it is second favorite spot in Montana. It is it uh, it it it. It's a weird thing to say, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. If you've if you've got a if you if you if you want a weird weekend, go to Butte, Montana. Uh, if you want to <laughs> see the second biggest St. Patty's Day. Holy shit! Their St. Patty's Day. People fly in from Dublin to go to that. <laughs> It's live streamed in Dublin. Is it really? Yes. I did not know that. Holy fuck nuts. I, I can believe it. I've been to the St. Paddy's. It's been... like second or third biggest behind Chicago and Boston. It's it's like it's fucking huge. And yeah. they have no open container laws. It's they... a blue collar town. Very union town. And I... they love to drink in bars. I remember because I was I was down there. One of the, and I was sober yet because I, I i we we, we had just uh, me and some friends just checked in our hotel went to the first bar and there's people just drinking out in the street mm-hmm. and we went up to the bar we muscled up to the bar and and i managed to get someone's we, we ordered and i said you can drink out in the street and he says and he goes oh yeah 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 i go isn't that illegal and he goes and he points he goes well that guy right there is actually the chief of police so i think we're gonna be fine <laughs> uh-huh uh so uh, in this Good Beer Hunting article, uh, they talk about how through May, U.S. In- and imported keg beer volume is down roughly 20% compared to 2019. I mean, you got to factor out your right, 2020, so, 2021. Right, right, right. COVID happened and yeah. shit got fucked. Bars got weird. But 2019 was like the last year. Normal year. That makes sense. That's uh, good. And it's down 20% this year Wow. Through twenty compared to 2019. Uh, Bart Watson from the BA says draft beer is not really recovering anymore. Um, he's talked about how it was on a downhill slump in 2019 and it's a worse than expected slump and not recovering compared to 2019. So, um, 
And this is taking into account draft sales at brewery tap rooms as well as bars and restaurants. Um, I mean, it also in 2018, uh, draft beer, both in tap rooms and distribution, accounted for 10.8% of total U.S. beer volume. That number fell to 84 in 2021, which is the most recent year of data mm-hmm. they have. Um, really, drafts never recovered from the pandemic, and more and more people were like, oh, drinking at home's not so bad, and have really started driving home on that. And that's a bad sign for craft breweries in the United States. I mean... Um, especially since in 2019, they were 2 million barrels behind 2014 numbers hmm. for draft beer sold. Uh, if was that, that the, was 2014, was that like the, the height that they were, uh, that's, why, 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 why did they pick that year? Just out of, uh, I'm assuming say? that was the height. Cause I would think 2015 or 2016 would be like the the high water mark, but I'm I don't know maybe that maybe doesn't say this I'm also just... takes into account like domestic so Bud Light, Coors Light, gotcha, Modelo, uh, Corona, um, and so if that pace held, dropping for two million barrels from 2019 or 2014 to 2019, right now it should. The total draft beer number should be about 15.5 million barrels. Draft beer sales right now are on pace to end at 13.5 million barrels this year. Jesus. So 2 million barrels below where they should be. That's a lot of that's a lot of beer. That's a fuckload of beer. That's a, that's a lot of beer y'all hadn't been drinking or at least not been drinking from uh, drinking from a uh, tr- drinking from draft. And the hard part is most people are like, "Oh, whatever, you know, if the if packages up two million barrels, what's it matter? Well, it matters because of profit margin. I was gonna say. I mean, we 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 talked about this a lot during COVID, when when so much volume went over to uh, went over to package, and we were all confronted with the reality that packages packages almost just advertising. Pack mm-hmm. you know packaged beer. Once you once you factor in the uh, uh, the packaging and all that shit, uh, you're basically selling somebody an aluminum can for a s- small profit. What's inside is kind of a bonus. Yeah, and also a big thing is you have to treat it like almost two separate industries. Packaged beer is a consumer packaged good, so people are thinking of it when they're shopping for their cereal, their groceries, their toilet paper toothpaste whereas draft beer is an experience Mm -hmm. you're it's like going to the movie theaters you're paying for the ambiance you know uh, the garnish they add the talking to the person at the bar next to you talking to the bartender uh whereas what may do great on draft might be a shelf turd Mm -hmm. in a can and so Honestly, I think if you if this trend continues, that'll be the death of the smoothie sour, the fucking pastry stout. Oh no. I know, heart, heartbreaking. Oh, well, please god no. 
But then it's going to alienate some beer fans and it makes it harder for breweries that are employing people in their community and trying to make a difference in their community not having that revenue. Whereas when they were selling it for yeah, yeah, yeah. this much a keg or this much a pint. I mean, let's, let's be honest. What makes craft beer work is the fact that you can sell something that takes you about 70 cents to make for six dollars mm-hmm. uh and in a lot of people and that's where i think a lot of thinking goes wrong. oh it takes 60 cents to make it you can sell it for six bucks we'll make so much money well there's that goes away very quickly yeah and also but the the crazy part is looking at is spirits are gaining wines gaining and they're gaining in the on-prem so what is beer doing different that it's its drinkers want to drink at home instead of at a bar. I mean, the cocktail scene has really taken off, so yeah, yeah. most people aren't going to keep all the ingredients they need to make that cocktail at home or don't have the ability to make that cocktail at home. So, yes, they're going to drink that when they're at the bar, whereas beer, they're like, oh, I'll just grab that six-pack. So beer's almost kind of done it to itself. But at the same time, I mean, most most of your breweries are going to have things on draft that are only on draft. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get them in in package. So there is that sense mm-hmm. that I, I mean, I'm not the yeah, and that only matters if that only matters if it matters. But there are things to to find if you go out. Mm-hmm. But that only matters if you are looking for a beer. Yeah. Uh, and this is another area of concern is as more and more drinkers start caring less about ordering a beer when they're out drinking, that means less dollars going into that bar's till from draft beer. That means they're going to invest less in their draft system, start cutting handles, which then further reduces that number of dollars going in further reduces how much they care eventually work tin hat worst case scenario uh, i was gonna say I, we're I, back to what we were before the craft beer revolution of yeah we got beer on tap we got bud light coors light coors original do you think you'll ever it's not gonna hit it's not gonna get that bad i think you know no, but the days of a 40 tap tap room that is oh that is over and and that's needed to be over and I'm, and and I'm just about to say that that's six to 12 taps is where unless you are a crazy high volume and you specialize I'm thinking here locally bitter Creek you're specializing in these. I even, but even something like bitter Creek uh, at this point in time, would could probably benefit from paring down their their list. Maybe a few handles, but but and also but they are and and, and they are especially you know in our town substitute Bitter Creek for whatever like the your big craft beer. Spot there's is. you you have you, you probably have in your in in whatever town you live in that one bar that got into craft beer early and has been like the destination for craft beer mm-hmm. and has survived the you know everything has, you know and is you know it's, it survived the rise and sort of fall and it's still there. And it's it is known as the craft beer bar. That place that that's what we're talking about. That yes. is our that is our analog for that. And and you're and, and but I I say either way that it, you know they could probably they could probably uh, afford to pare down their list a little bit. But 
that's two to three handles probably. But I mean, but yeah. but yeah, if you're if you're if you're in if you're going to a spot in this town, like we want to try, we want to just have like that tap that old tap room experience. I I stand by. Bargarnica still has one of the best beer lists in town. They are, and they have a six beer. They are their draft system. They have been. They are consistently phenomenal. It's, it's, they it's have a, a maybe ten item fucking menu for food. Mm-hmm. A six beer draft, and they fill in with package. For and, for those of you, and not- everything is fresh. Everything rotates. It is a excellent setup. For those of you not not in the Boise area, Bargarnica. Uh, is a Basque restaurant, and if you're not in the Boise area, you're going Basque. What do you mean? You mean like northern Spain? It's a whole thing. Listen, yeah. all you need to know is there's a huge Basque influence in Boise. Okay, yes. just make peace with this. Okay. But was it <laughs> diners, drive-ins, and dives that stopped by yeah. Bargarnica? Yeah. Um, and so it's 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 a, it's it's a it's it's our it's a local, but but you're but yeah, their tap list if is 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 amazing because they and do any s- brewery that has a rep here in town. If you get Bargarnica's seal of approval of them buying a keg, mm-hmm. that sends a message of, oh, this beer is actually like beer nerdy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is good beer. Yeah. So, um, and so. Uh, um, uh, but back to the article a little bit since we got on so our local segue. Uh, they actually. Welcome to It's All Boise, the tra- yeah. your travel log for. <laughs> um, they talked to Jennifer Hawk, uh, the founder of Draftline Technology, who just collects data on draft volumes. She emphasized that draft beer, just draft beer, is a $9.2 billion industry in the U.S. Yeah, I can see that. That's bigger than movie box office revenues. I can see that. Um, so if there's that lack of attention, it's taking away almost an American staple. And it's taking away an opportunity for brands to connect with their drinkers. Um, I mean, it's a multi-sensory experience, like we said, of talking to the bartender, talking to the person next to you. Or if you see this crazy beer that has this unique garnish coming up to someone, most people are going to be like, what'd you order? Yeah. And, oh, no, it's this beer. It's so good. You know, you should. Oh, can I try a splash? Oh, yeah, I'll take one. Yeah. And it's it's the culture event that really made craft beer what it is. Um, right now, according to Draftline, there are 90,638 open draft lines. That represents about 10% huh. of the draft beer market. So huh. 10% of the draft beer market is sim- sitting empty right now. Now, that's about double of what the lines were back in January of 2019. Yeah, which January is a notoriously slow month for draft beer. Yeah, yeah, so that's not a good sign. But she did caution that about half of those open lines could have been ran out of that keg. The order doesn't come in till two days from now. Uh, yeah, but I, still, if but I mean, but I think that but but I mean, but that could happen. That those same factors still apply. To January of 2019. 2019. Yes. So the 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 great the, the great discrepancy is still worth noting. Yes. Oh, the massive discrepancy. And then they also talk about how one thing it's 
there's been this huge record attendance at all these World Cup, different concerts, p- filling out these stadiums. And what's happening in most of these big events is they're getting away from draft beer going to package at those venues. And that's further increasing the demise because now they don't have to train people how to pour a beer. They don't have the waste. It's literally some pleb they pay fucking $7 an hour to go click. $14, please. <laughs> and you're like, I could have bought that at the grocery store. Like, it was when fucking yeah, Garth br- Brooks came. Bring- <laughs> go ahead. When Garth Brooks came to fucking Boise and they sold three 53-foot container or semi-trucks of Coors Light at that concert. Well, I did the fucking math. And they made a metric fuckload <laughs> because Idaho's a price posting state. So you have to post what the price is. There's no discounts on volume. So I was like, they were doing 16-ounce cans of Coors Light. They were charging $10. Good Christ! And it's gone up since then. Uh, they were charging $10 a can. Good Christ. A case of, at that time, a case of 24 16-ounce Coors Light cans equated to like 98 or 99 cents a can. You're spending 100 bucks to get a buzz. Oh, yeah, I spent more in alcohol than I did (laughs) on the tickets. Um, (laughs) Of course you did. But, so I was like, okay, that's, if they're, they sell Two of those, they basically paid for the case. Mm. The other 22 and a half, or 21 and a half beers, basically, they, and that is straight profit. There's usually 100 cases to a pallet. You're fitting how many pallets to a truck, three trucks. Like, that's, that adds up very quickly. Because people who go to a Garth Brooks concert do not know how to front load. I front-loaded the fuck out of it. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. I have The problem with me front-loading is I then get drunk and I'm like, money's not real. <laughs> it backfires spectacularly. I'm like, I'm a billionaire. <laughs> shink, shink, shink. Make it rain. Oh, I make it hail on them bitches. And then, and then I wake up the next morning and go, God damn it. Uh... But basically what I'm trying to say is we need to get out and drink in bars to save the culture of craft beer, which is draft beer. You heard him. Uh, if you are still listening to this, you better be listening to it awkwardly in a bar like that guy who's like listening to a podcast oh, in a bar. Um, uh, and also, and they're always at least 50. Yeah. So uh, also. And then when they kick on the one video that's like slightly sexual or porn and you're like. I can hear that lady flating a dude. Can you put in headphones? <laughs> uh, if you're that person, stop what you're doing. Re-examine your life. Uh, <laughs> everybody else, go forth and drink more draft beer. <laughs> uh, uh, shall we take a minute to, to talk about this beer we cracked in while you were, cracked into while you were uh, uh, on my soapbox? Yeah. Yes. Uh, we we're doing this is the Alesmith Oktoberfest. Uh, it's more of a fest beer, although not quite. It's got a little bit of a, a caramely notes, so uh, a little bit of honey malt, 
yeah, it. I don't know how true to style it is, but it is, in the essence, it's a very drinkable this, beer. This is closer to like a fest beer, like what they would serve in Munich, to it, me. Honestly, it's like the Romeo and Juliet, like bastardized love child of a fest beer in a Marzen. It is a little bit, it's got a little bit of color to it. You're, yeah, you, I think you hit it on there because it's got a little bit of caramel. In it. So they either made a light Martin or a dark Oktoberfest. I'm not, or a dark, dark fest. I'm not sure which one they did, but it's it's very good. I'm either way. I mean, I'm not going to kick it out of bed for spilling some crumbs. So of the three, which one did you like? Oh, I'd break cheek on the Alesmith. Okay. I'm actually the same way. I, I, I this is, it, 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 it has both the flavor and the drinkability. So. Um, but I mean, if I'm doing my absolute ranking, <laughs> it's going to sit Alesmith, Warfield, Widmere, Monster. I mean, in classic style, I would switch one thing around, the Widmere, Warfield. Um, but uh, uh, I think otherwise we're... Honestly, I mean, Widmere to me was just too bland. bland. But it's drinkable by the pint, or the, by the liter. So that's I don't I, think the Warfield's not undrinkable enough to... Put under the blandness. That's fair. And speaking of Oktoberfest, uh, Oktoberfest is fucked this year news now. Um, I don't know. Like the style or the actual festival? The actual festival. I don't know how it's going. Okay. In, I don't know how it's going in Munich. I've never been, although it is on my bucket list. One one quick thing. Sure. Uh, I was talking about this with the owner of Bargernica. Okay. Um, and it's... I have to... You know how a lot of times we complain about styles coming out way too early? Yeah. Looking at you, Sam, October's Fest, July 4th weekend. Yep. Um, the benefit of that that I never thought of. So this is the time of year where it's great to be a beer drinker. Because you have Oktoberfest, you have Fresh Hop, and for sadists like you, you have pumpkin beers. I uh, love them. The, all You can hate them all you want. The, the more you hate, the more I love. So the benefit of Oktoberfest coming way early is you have them then as there you've been around for a little while you bring in the fresh hops so you, now you get the best of both worlds where you're not like fuck i want a fresh hop and an oktoberfest but i don't have enough handles now they're out early enough you're like take oktoberfest yeah it may still be a little too warm but it's drinkable and then fresh hops come out and you're like fresh hop bitch <laughs> um uh, I, I I do want to go to October. I don't know. <laughs> we were transitioning like fresh hops, bitch. I don't know how to transition from that. Um, uh, uh, Munich Oktoberfest. Um, it's one of the uh, one of the few international events I would brave. Um, but from a couple of sources I I, I, I unearthed this week, I needn't bother because it's completely ruined anyway. There's no reason to ever go because it's 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 a uh, uh, it's it's a disaster now. How the first comes the first comes from the Wall Street Journal. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how to break this news to everyone here, uh, devastating as it is. Uh, if you're driving, you might want to pull over. Once I say what has happened, you might actually veer the car into oncoming traffic just to end it all. Um, now that you've confronted the meaningless of life, uh, if you are listening with small children, take this time to explain that there's also no Santa Claus because they'd be too devastated to know anyway. <laughs> Um, wow, you should have spoilered that one. Ready? Here we go. The Polliner Tent at Oktoberfest 
is serving. I'm not sure if I can do this. They're serving organic free range chicken. I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause so that people may now separate their life from a time when this they This is legit what they're saying. I'm going to separate so they could so they could separate their life from a time when they knew this fact and a time when life actually had actual meaning. Um, yes, it has been billed as woke wizen. <laughs> as the woke, Oh my god. As the woke mob has forced the normally congenial crowd to choke down poultry that hasn't been tortured every moment of its life until slaughtered by an unfeeling corporate machine. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't taste as good because there's no torture, but... <laughs> this, is <laughs> this, of course, has divided people into three groups. Those who like the change, actually. The, the chicken's a little bit better. Those who didn't fucking notice until you brought it up. And those who suddenly go into convulsions while screaming, Woke! 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 Until someone shouts enough racial slurs to bring them out of it. <clears throat> among the objections comes... Let them from, have it, Jeremy! <laughs> among the objections comes from the Bavarian Hotel and Restaurant Association, who are who are uh, reacting to uh, 110's decision to try something new by suggesting that it's going to result in mandates across the festival, saying, quote, I don't think anyone wants a planned economy in which a small group decides what is good for people and what is not. Um, uh, uh, another, uh, another, uh, uh, one of the organizers said, quote, it must stay a traditional Volksfest because otherwise it wouldn't be attractive. That was Clemens Bumgardner, a member of the conservative SCU. Uh, he went wouldn't on, it traditionally be more don't towards think, the organic? Don't, don't because think back in the day they didn't have the mass production of the chicken and the pesticides and the vaccines to give the chicken to get them fatter and live longer. Whatever, wokey McWoke woke. Um, he went on to say, quote, if you talk about being woke on the other 340 days, uh, uh, nobody really solicits that. But if you talk about being woke on Oktoberfest, you get lots of media attention. And it's true. I think It's very true. Before the chicken controversy, I'd never heard of this woke thing. Tyler, have you ever heard of it? Here and there. <laughs> You might you probably pay more attention than me. Uh, I, I think uh, I think woke was actually a German term for uh, uh, what happens when you were, uh, go behind the tent and uh, kill a chicken. You go to choke a chicken. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in their defense, it ha- it has raised the price of a half a chicken, which was which it was the most popular dish uh, at uh, at Oktoberfest. It's raised the equivalent of a raised the price of a half chicken to the equivalent of about twenty two dollars. Which is a fifty percent price increase. Oh, um, uh, add to that the price jump in a liter of beer up to about uh, fifteen dollars and fifty cents, and we might as well be sitting in Russia right now. You might. As- <laughs> I feel sorry for them. I really do. Man, I, I, they've you- never seen stadium pricing in the United States, have they? <laughs> I gotta say, it's, it brings a lot of perspective when you just said they, that at a, Garth, at a Garth Brooks concert they were charging in 2019. Ten, they charged ten bucks for a Coors Light. <laughs> um, the idea is to make for a, a can of Coors Light, not even a draft. <laughs> the idea is to make a visible shift towards organic farming, as a as that kind of change will be necessary for Munich to hit its goals of becoming climate neutral by 2035. Um, and another thing is ruining Oktoberfest. Fake costumes. This comes from the Sunday Times. The great-grandson of the last Bavarian king is among the leading uh, traditionalists bemoaning the proliferation of cheap Chinese-made pseudo-German traditional clothing. 
He banned fake Lederhosen's. He said, quote, when I see Chinese-made folk costumes made of plas- plastic pseudo-costumes with tight drindles, that then the whole thing becomes a carnival. Which I thought that was what Volksfestival meant, but... I, uh, that was uh, Leopold Rupert Heinrich uh, on the radio station Antenna Bayern. Honestly, I can get behind this one a little more than the woke organic chicken. Because, I mean, if you're going to go and you're spending the money to go, why the fuck aren't you going all out? He, he went on to say, quote, If the whole thing is about wearing a costume to get drunk in, you lose a lot of the culture and the tradition in the process. Which, okay, listen, uh, th- there, there is a hill, it's called Cookshugil, it was roughly translates into Puke Hill. Basically, you drink a lot, you go to there, you release some demons, and you go back. Is that the tradition he's talking about? <laughs> if I'm gonna puke and rally, I wanna be wearing an authentic <laughs> German Lederhose. Um, he said, uh, he, he and other traditionalists are especially distressed by the excessively low-cut costumes that women wear that are far too revealing for such an esteemed serious event. Okay, I was <laughs> tracking with you for a while, buddy. I like that. Like, Tyler's like, I'm on your side, I'm on your side. No, fuck you. I want to I see La Bubenheimer. <laughs> Titties! Uh, I mean, I get... I, I get you trying to be family friendly, but <laughs> it should be noted. It should be noted that Heinrich has also been critical has been critical of the tradition of excluding all beer not produced in Munich, which I'm sure does not stem at all from his, uh, uh, his from his ownership in a in a brewery that uh, outside of Munich and a desire to be in, included in Oktoberfest. Um, so I, I guess what I, I guess what uh, uh, I guess what I'm saying is that uh, tradition is very important until you can make money from it. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is if you're gonna ban titties, I ain't letting your beer in. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is uh, uh, to all you uh, in a plastic costume in Oktoberfest, uh, prost. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask my friend who was there this last weekend and be like. Did the plastic cheap Chinese costumes ruin it for you? Did the organic chicken ruin it for you? <laughs> Twitch, you'll go, I don't remember anything. Yes. He came to my bachelor party at Mardi Gras, too. And so he's sending me p- videos man- on Snapchat. And he's like, bro. He's like, this is fucking wild. I was like, is it busier than like Mardi Gras? And he goes, I would say yes, because it's all these people packed into these basically fairgrounds and tents yeah and he goes there were some tents that were too full so they closed their doors like uh and weren't letting anyone in he goes so yeah i would probably put it a little he's like i mean it's probably about the same amount of people in the area he's like but it's just a more condensed area i was like oh shit i really want to go now so do I. That's I guess that's but i but there's no reason to go anymore the, the- go fund me so we can be the Foremost experts on the cheap <laughs> outfits. Uh, uh, what would you wear? Would you wear a cheap plot? Would you go full? Would you go full later, Hosen? Uh, I mean, if I'm going, I'm going full later, Hosen. But I feel I have to 
try out one of the cheap outfits that pushes my boobs out. You would look very, you'd look very fetching in a dendril. This has been, <laughs> it's it's all beer. Uh, if you uh, if if you would like to talk, if you are also at Oktoberfest and you wish to bemoan um, uh, how uh, how terrible it's gotten, what with the cheap costumes and the overpriced free range organic chicken, um, you can get a hold of us at uh, uh, it's all beer at gmail.com. on social media. You can see uh, pictures we post, and uh, uh, I think I, I started including like, like the articles on on the Facebook page and, and shit. Like that, um, as I'm, as I, 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 I keep a, I keep a, 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 a watch on fucking X. <laughs> it's Twitter. <laughs> It'll always be Twitter. Some I, traditions never die. I do keep a watch on uh, on 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 former Twitter for uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, uh, the the journalists that we were following. But I've long since left that dumpster fire to whatever it is now. Um, but I, you can, hey, well, I think we're still at it's all beer one. So um, uh, we still couldn't get it. it's all beer, and uh, now I, I, I stopped caring. Um, and uh, uh, and yeah, if and, and if you so desire, um, uh, uh, let us know how we're doing. You can leave us a, a review on uh, on on Facebook or uh, iTunes or wherever you get this podcast. Um, and this is our first episode back. And to celebrate, we're actually going to take a week <laughs> off <laughs> because we got shit to do. Because it turned out we we, we were we were trying to schedule uh, uh, doing a podcast next week, and we're both busy as shit. So uh, actually, we're t- we're we're off next week. <laughs> Be grateful, you ungrateful fucks. Uh, but uh, but. Uh, put the put that money in the GoFundMe. Maybe we won't. And also, I guess I need to start a GoFundMe. Uh, <laughs> We're buying Anchor back and going to Oktoberfest. <laughs> this has been quite enough for us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'll have a beer. Have fun.